Hey Lewis, how are you? Yes, good, thank you Shabri. Everything's becoming a little bit busier, which is good. We've got another big event on tonight for one of our communities. So uh, yeah, we're just all gearing up for that. Amazing, amazing. So you've launched a new community recently, haven't you? Retention Seekers. The fifth and final piece to the jigsaw, yeah, Retention Seekers, which was uh, which was quite quite aptly named by one of the guys in my team, Darius. I was a little shout out on here. He thought he was being funny. He shouted it out in a meeting and we actually ended up running with it. So yeah, no, thoughts to him. I love it. I'm I'm a fan of like what's on the tin like say what you but but this is really taking that to a new level I really like it so uh so kudos to him but look I'm I'm really really glad to have you on today um I know that you play a massive role in the SDR community so really keen to to tuck in some of that um and I I know that we're going to have a really good conversation so so thank you um I guess Lewis for those people who don't know you who might be listening it'd be really great if you could give an introduction to to who you are and what role it is that you do play in the in the world of sales development. Yeah, sure. So, so not actually an SDR myself. So, I'm Lewis Gadsden. I'm associate director of Wiser Elite. We're a specialist tech sales recruitment company. Um, I'm also the founder of SDRs of London, which is a peer to peer mentorship community for London's best lead generators. But the reason why I'm so passionate about the SDR market is my role coming through over the last seven years at Wiser Elite has been solely focused on the SDR market. I've worked the market for seven years, worked with a lot of the, the companies in the London space that most people are familiar with. Um, and yeah, just super passionate about it. Amazing. Well, look, two really good angles we've got here, which is the SDR community, but also um, your actual recruitment side. So what companies are looking for, but also what SDRs are looking for. And I'm sure that's continued to evolve. So excited to tuck into both of them. But I guess just starting with the SDRs of London community, um, why, why was it needed? What made you what made you start it, Lewis? Yeah, so it was it was 2019. And so we were there and we were just looking for we were always known in the SDR market, but we were looking at things of like, okay, what can what could really take us to that next level? And we had a light bulb moment. There was there was another company in in London who were setting up an SDR mentorship scheme. Um, for what that meant I, I respected the hustle but they were trying to charge them 500 pounds a year out of their own pocket to be mentored by these amazing SaaS sales leaders which I looked through the list and some of them were pretty damn good but I thought what can we do that obviously is also first and foremost going to help SDRs reach that next level in their careers help them out develop as salespeople, but also put us in that shop window and, and make sure that people know to come to us as and when the time's right so um I just jumped in. I took 15 SDRs that I'd placed at different companies. I took 15 SDRs at companies that I'd quite like to work with. Cold messaged them, put them all in a WhatsApp thread together. I was like, well, there you go. Why don't you mentor each other for free? And uh, that's exactly what they did. And um, lo and behold, a month later, the pandemic happened. Uh, we went from around about 70 members to about 250 members in a week because everyone was just looking for new ways to sell, to gain insight to bounce ideas off each other, to get any sort of scrap of knowledge that they could, whether they were selling to CFOs or or sales or, or whoever else it may be. Like they were just trying to gain as much knowledge as possible. And I just thought, okay, with, you know, obviously the pandemic was awful, but at the same time, you know, we've ridden the wave a little bit here and, and I think we've really started something. So 
fast forward a few months later, we did our first lunch and learn with, with Vidyard and they wanted to get on board and help uh, fast forward even more, uh, a few more years later. We're now doing sponsored events with, with Aircall, Trumpet and loads of different brands that, that you would have heard of ReachDesk and um, who are all coming in wanting to, to help out with the SDRs of London community help get obviously uh, spread the word of what they do but at the same time the, the main thing is helping SDRs along with their careers and helping them reach that next level that all worked rather well a couple of years in and and all the originals of SDRs of London started getting quite good and lo and behold got promoted so we had to create AEs of London as well which is for emerging account executives because the subjects were different. They weren't getting as much value from people just talking about lead generation all the time. Uh, and then and then from there, we created GTM leaders as well, which is obviously our early stage founders and sales leaders community for tech. Um, and last and not least, Making Moves, which is our females in tech sales community, where less so it's about helping you as a, as a salesperson, more so a catalyst for change, where, for example, we did an event six months ago uh, surrounding being a, an individual contributor and, and going on maternity leave. Because obviously when you go on maternity leave, you lose all of your OTA, which mm. is wrong. Shouldn't be the case. So uh, we're just trying to raise awareness with subjects like that. But we're busy. I think you've literally cornered every community. You've got, you've got it all now. Um, and you don't need any more. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I'm sure you would have said you don't need any more at three, but but you've done you've done a fantastic job. And um, so so, what are some of the key themes that you find coming up? Um, or I guess what are the areas that you think the members benefit from the most within the SDR community? Yeah, look, I, I think. <laughs> I mean, we've got, the, obviously we're on Casper's podcast here, the age-old debate is what data provider to use and what's the most effective. But um, that comes up at least once a fortnight. But, um, but aside from that, people people just want to gain, gain insight as to how people are getting uh, the best connection rates. Um, quite a shocking statistic, to be honest with you, which I'll come on to shortly. Over the summer period, they were like an all-time low. But, um, but the best connection rates, how to get themselves to the next level, gaining insight as to as to what the next step looks like for them as an account executive and what they're having to do. They compare commission structures. I've had some quite open and honest conversations in front of 250 members of the community about, about how they're remunerated and, and all of those sorts of things. Um, but but for the most part, it, it's the, the most pr- like pleasantly surprising thing is just how much people want to learn and develop People used to think salespeople was just just a job that you, you fell into and it wasn't really a craft or something to perfect. But running this community for the last three years and, and, and seeing everything that's discussed, people want to learn. People want to go into this ahead of going into blue chip grad schemes or investment banking. Like, you know what I mean? They, they want to know and they want to perfect that craft. But I would say, yeah, that, that's the key themes that we normally see in, in the thread. Okay, so best connection rate, how to get to the next level, and then kind of maximizing your comp and, and your com- commission. So I wanted to touch on the first one. Um, I think almost every podcast guest we've had on here, we've talked about a lot about cutting through the noise and most effective channels. Um, and I think what when you say best connection rate, are you seeing... Um, people be more keen to use the phone or are you seeing it go the other way and um you know do you think that that there is sort of a bit of more of a comeback for the phone that that is taking place right now yeah no i I think the phone is making a massive comeback and i think that nearly 
all the SDR roles we're recruiting right now, their first touch point and cadence is a cold call. Yeah. Like everyone's trying to get there quicker, be more efficient, cut through the noise. The reason being is messaging is still great and good messaging is, is, is excellent and can be super effective. But people are just flooding everyone with, with poor emails right now. And so the automatic response for decision makers is to just delete them and not read them because they haven't got the time to do it. And it, it's almost sort of drubbed into people that there isn't much money to spend right now across the board. So they're just like, why even bother? Whereas obviously you cold call someone, you're actively interrupting someone's day, aren't you? In a good way, hopefully. And yeah. hopefully, you know, you're going to provide a solution to, to some pain that they're facing. But yeah, across the board, the, the phone is making a massive comeback, in my opinion. It's, it's interesting that you say that about messaging, because I agree. I think messaging is still good. But what I'm hearing is a lot of companies are moving away from, I think, when they first brought SDRs on, you know, they said, well, the objective is to sell the meeting. I think we've moved so far beyond the objective is to sell the meeting. And, you know, we're talking about how actually can, you know, my product or service really help you and add value to you. And that's why I think nailing the ICP is so important right now, because it isn't just about selling the meeting. That's just a an expensive way of running your sales process and, and sales cycle. Um, are you seeing are you seeing a, um, more of that from, I guess, the clients that you work with and how they're briefing you on on the roles? Are you seeing any of that come through? Yeah, I wrote a post about this this morning, um, literally oh. on LinkedIn. The reason it's quite timely. Right. Um, what I've seen is, um, and, and this is this is in a report that, that a friend of mine sent me last week. Um, there's been a massive shift in SDR teams reporting into uh, sales from marketing. When I first started this seven years ago. SDR, BDR, it was a marketing-focused role. It was about getting as many people in front of a product as possible and letting the AE do the rest from there. It was They weren't reporting into sales as much. And as you say, it was about selling the meeting. Just sell the meeting, see what you think of it. Nothing else to be done. If you don't like it, it's fine. Whereas now, you, you get handed for doing that as an SDR. Yeah. What that's meant overall is that SDRs are now far more, a lot of responsible for far more of the sales cycle. And if not even that, there's added stages into the sales cycle as well to ensure that they're properly qualified. Yeah. Also, it means that SDR commission structures have changed massively. Um, whereas before, I remember the, the earlier SDR roles that I worked on, they, they would, you just get flat demo fees. That was it. You get a set fee for every demo that you set. When you reach 100% of your target in a month, you may get a kicker. That may go up by 50% or double if you were lucky. Um, and then reset again at the start of the month. Now, I'm working with businesses that don't even do that anymore. It's a case of you get your commission when the deal closes, even though you are not responsible for the latter end of the sales cycle. It's all about closed revenue. So it's up to you to qualify that opportunity as best as possible as an SDR and make sure that it's properly teed up for the AE. So yeah, it, it's had some knock-on effects. And then see there's, pro, there's pros and cons to it. Obviously the pros are you've got more predictable, forecastable revenue early on when, when leads get hand over, which is obviously great for companies. But what that's meant overall is that SDR commissions probably as a whole have gone down. So, um, so I, I, I think what, what, um, what you're saying is you're seeing a lot of those go go the other way. And I think 
you know, I've always, there's always been people, founders who've said to me, oh, should we have part of the SDR's comp plan on closed one? And, you know, my view on that is it should never be part of it because they can't influence it. But if you want to have additional kickers and you do want to have that as an, as an, an extra, then I think that's, that's great. But I think it's really difficult to put someone's earnings in something that's completely uncontrollable. It's hard. It, it's really hard. And like I say, I, you know, I know the market pretty well. I'm not expert enough in, in sort of sales enablement strategy to say what's right and what's wrong. I can see why companies are doing it. It, it makes a lot of sense. But it does mean that, that SDRs are losing out on early career uh, commissions uh, as a result. But it's making them better salespeople longer term. So it's, it's one of those things and it really is available. That, and that's another theme. The progression to AE is getting much longer and people are far more desperate to become AEs now. How, how much of it that, that do you think has changed though? Because I know when, when I started, the only career path that everyone wanted to do was SDR to AE. I've then seen that evolve in the last few years and, and other options. I think, you know, really interesting one is customer success. Um, mm-hmm. How much are you seeing that change from, you know, oh, all SDRs must be AEs to, to other options? And, and what, what, what are you seeing that's interesting around that? Yeah, no, so the the three or maybe three slash four main parts, you could argue, because CS and account management is, is different, um, even though it's post-sale. You, you, you're either an AE, you go into SDR management or, or business development management, don't you actually manage the other SDRs? Or alternatively, you go into a post-sales job, either CS or account management, depending on which company you're working at and the structures that they have. So... Like I still say 75% of people want to be account executives and um, they get into sales for a reason. They, they, they want to, you know, they, they want to earn commission. They want to progress. They back themselves to do it, you know, and that's probably still the traits that I see in the best SDRs today. Um, but that's not to say that, that it's wrong to go down the other paths either. I'm still, I've seen a lot of people now who are offered SDR management positions in the interim of reaching AE as well the companies are now sort of fixing that in almost as like a stepping stone to do that serve your time and sort of managing the sdrs and doing that we'll promise you within sort of nine months to a year we can then get you to an account executive but the whole the whole reason as to why obviously the, 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 i hate to say it because it's just boring to talk about but the economy obviously all of that sort of thing in 2021 it was amazing. We had such, we had a great time yeah. because for the first time ever, roles outweighed talent in, in the industry. And, and we had people coming to us who were generating promotions from SDR to account executive just by moving companies. Yeah. And I'm not talking SMB AE, I'm talking full blown 55 to 65K mid market account executive roles from 35K SDR roles overnight. Yeah. And with no closing experience whatsoever, but obviously they'd smash their targets as SDRs. They were at reputable companies. They were probably in some cases going to smaller organizations, but it was still happening. Then obviously when the bubble bursts, with there's an abundance of AE talent that's six months to a year in uh, into their into their closing roles with not very good proven track records and obviously when the powers that be see that they automatically go off the data which meant that we have mass redundancies especially in the AE market meaning we've got over 200 applicants to any sort of account executive role which is bad news for us because companies then don't need us so 
that's that's what we've been been has, like fighting with over the last sort of six to nine months or so. Seems to be evening out now, which which is good. Um, but it's meant overall that the queue from the SDRs has got much longer because companies are snapping up decent people with you know good some closing experience whatsoever. They don't want to have to put their the effort into into training and upskilling and that sort of thing, especially when money's tight. So, yeah, it's it's been double, triple, quadruple edged swords, but it seems to be getting better now. So, I think uh, shifting gears, Lewis, we're going into Q four soon. Um, scary. Um, what are you seeing? Because the last quarter is obviously always a tricky one for anyone in a in a go to market role. And um, what what sort of things are you seeing as companies move into Q four and and also as they start to plan for for Q one next year as well? Yeah, sure. I, I still think obviously the, the overarching sort of selfish thing that I'm noticing is that. Tech companies are not employing people with any sort of sales experience whatsoever into SDR roles anymore. That that's the first thing. It's just not happening. We pivoted away from from it for, for for a lot of it. We still have some entry level positions, but for the most part, all SDR positions now tend to require some sort of cold calling or outbound sales experience, which is very different to how it was um, even even two years ago. I would say so. It's now uh, lots of people who are leaving university or education. They're having to go through stints in other sorts of sales roles, delegate sales in sometimes even like recruitment, for example, you know, uh, other companies in order to get their foot in the door if they generally want to be an SDR. So, yeah, experience is what's going to get you in the in the door somewhere if you're looking to get into into a tech company right now as a salesperson. Um in terms of actual sales strategy, what, what, what I'm seeing a lot of and what I'm hearing a lot of the community, and it's working for us as well uh, in our outbound strategy, it's just instant problem solves. A lot of a lot of salespeople are unloading the library from the first touch point. When in actual fact, you just that you know the, the prospect just looking for a book, or even better, just a page of the book. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that, that's what they need with, you know, I, I can easily put it in recruitment terms, but if, if I've found uh, a piece of like painting, for example, where I know full well that a business is hiring an SDR, they sell into, let's say, cybersecurity, and I've got, uh, and I can see that they're probably struggling slightly with gender diversity by looking at the LinkedIn, and I can put in, uh, uh, you know, uh, let's say a female candidate who's got, 11 months experience in cybersecurity and hit all their targets. Like it's an instant problem solved and they can find out, they can find how and, and decide whether they like me or not later. People are just trying too much as to, as to, as to like sell themselves, go over the top on personalization and loading all of their offering rather than just being like, I see you've got a problem here, solve it. Then let's chat. And then they can find out, about you and what else you do and all that sort of thing. So the instant problem solve is probably the the biggest thing that we're seeing right now. And that's what's getting results. That's really interesting. I mean, lots of trends there that um, that you're seeing. I think I've, I've heard that as well, which is like, as soon as you get through to someone, because it's so rare to get through to someone, as soon as you do get through to someone, you give them everything you've got. And it's kind of this like verbal diarrhea. Um, and again, sort of trying to sell that meeting. Um, so I think it's, it is changing a lot about 
piquing curiosity, adding value. Um, you know, we had Jack Nico on here, who's, who's been amazing. He talked a lot about that kind of nurture. So how do you deal with all those people that are not right now, but focus yes. on relationship building? Um, what would you recommend to an SDR if they did want to really focus on, um, you know, nurturing relationship building and actually building that rapport and, and trust, which I think is so important? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, I think it sounds basic, but the key thing is you've got to remember who you've messaged. I'm, I'm speaking to, <laughs> I'm speaking to a lot of SDRs right now who will just go on four touchpoint cadences, and then all of a sudden just be like, okay, well that's not happening. Yeah. And then they just completely forget about it. They go into the deepest, darkest depths of the CRM, and they're only be picked up by someone else who's probably better organised six months later. Mm. And, and then most of the time, you will see that, that that second person, that second SDR, will get something out of it. Um, but yeah, organisation is key. Like just organisation, making sure you're doing it, not giving them the impression that that you know you're not going to go away you're not being pushy and you're not being annoying but you're not going to go away without some sort of answer yeah and the the, the best some of the best stuff that i've seen recently actually uh I'm not sure if that andy law's on here but he posts some really great content um but he posted something about an objection handle of not being interested like when you get the automatic email response of okay yeah not, not interested and that automatically even speaking from experience of our team here is when a lot of people just be like oh okay fine well you know here's our deck and i'll reach out again in six months he came out with a reply which i thought was um which was awesome which is a case of okay thanks for you know thanks for the clarification on not being interested um i'm guessing it's one of these three options as to why you're not interested which is the fact that you're not the right person you don't have budget or you already have a similar solution. Could you steer me in the direction of which one it is and just keep them talking? And obviously from there, you can do it. Obviously, they've got to reply. Yeah. Like, or, or even better if you can do it over the phone because they're most likely to tell you then. But a nice consultative way of basically saying, I'm not taking no for an answer and just trying one more time. Like, I, I think that's what, what SDRs have got to do moving forward because it is honed into people that there is no money that we have got not got any money to spend, budget to type, we're not taking on new softwares, we're not taking on new services, and that, you know, that's that. Whereas that is a nice way of uh, at least digging a little bit more and adding a bit more detail, if anything, to the CRM under their names. I love that. I think it's, it's about calling out the elephant in a room in a non-pushy way and you know Richard Smith talks a lot about this in his book Problem Prospecting um, which I think he gives some really good sort of practical advice but I think it's it's that in itself is a bit of a pattern interrupt because 99% of the time if someone says I'm not interested you say okay or sort of you know to your example attach your pdf you know or your deck and say okay but if you change your mind then here's what we do um which is the wrong way to deliver that message so that in itself is a pattern interrupt if you're actually saying well hold on a second do you mind if I if I kind of explore why um so I, I think that that's really good Obviously, you're on the receiving end of a lot of prospecting as as well yourself, Lewis. So, what stands out to you, and what or what what are you looking for um, when someone reaches out to you? 
Yeah, sure. Like, like I, I post about this regularly and I've said about it on enough podcasts now is the method that I use. And likewise, I respect it if someone tries to use it on me as well, which is it's Carl Coleman's five by five by five. It's just, it's, it's easily tran- transitionable into recruitment as well. We can do that, which is just, yeah, uh, five minutes of research, uh, finding five key insights and then spending five minutes writing that message no more than moving on to the next one. And that's that. So the key things that, that I always look for is nice short message to the point, 150, 200 words. If someone's, if someone's messaging me, this is no more than three word subject line. But in that first line, that, that is the personalization that's going to make me want to open it. Is that so obviously from an email inbox, you can always preview what the first line is going to be. If I see Lewis, I hope you're well. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to open it. It's going, like, going to delete it, especially if I don't know who they are. Um, or as you will see from a recent post, I had an abundance of quick question, Lewis, um, which got to a point where I felt like I had to have a a bit of a rant on LinkedIn. And even still, I had people messaging me quick question, Lewis, to which I've just started sending them the link to my posts and not getting many replies after that. So, um, but look, if I can see that you've done your research on me, personalization, I can see that, you know, Loved your recent post about quick question or whatever else it may be. Or I had a couple of tongue in cheek replies after that as well, which also got my attention. I'm like, good, you're like researching me. Yeah. And, and that's what I always do to prospects. I don't send out an abundance of messages. We don't have a sales engagement tool here. Everything is done manually. Yeah. So therefore I make sure that the, you know, 10 to 15 messages maybe that I send today, send a day to people, they're done good and i have personalization points and i'm solving that instant problem like what i mentioned before and i've got reason to reach out there's certain reasons there's certain places where people will obviously nurture and try to reach out as we mentioned before where you probably haven't really got something it's more like a touch point and staying in touch with people but any touch point like that will always add value and it'll always be relevant to that prospect but yeah that, that that's the key stuff that i'd look out for and you'd, you'd always get a response from me if if you follow those sorts of uh, those sorts of rules amazing well i think you make it quite easy for anyone who is trying to prospect you because you talk about what you like and don't like so much on linkedin so you would think that people have got um got the uh, the magic key there well you'd hope so but my inbox would say otherwise <laughs> <laughs> I know I know what you mean it's it's I mean like when you send an email you can see obviously the subject line in the first line and then someone recently said on LinkedIn if you get messaged on LinkedIn you actually see the bottom of the message first as it pops up so it is really interesting to see how different platforms actually you know might require the end of your message you know having a PS for personalization or or something like that actually proved to be more effective so um so that's interesting and what about on the phone what do you respond well to on the phone uh, I, I had a call, I had a call call the other day, and I because just this is no particular reason, but obviously because of I, I recruit SDRs all the time, so I only think it's right and good karma that when I get cold call, I pick up, especially when it's from a tech company. Obviously, it's in my best interest to find out who they are because obviously that's a potential way in for me as well. But um, <laughs> but um, but at the same time, I'll always hear them out, or always be polite. But again, like I, I don't think you have to reinvent the wheel with with this it can just be a case of lewis like lots of people always start with it's cold call so hang up if you want to i'm like no i won't hang up go on what are you going to say um i normally just ask you know where you're calling from and i'll say you know people from cognizant call me before which is quite funny because i've placed quite a lot of the team so um 
but yeah, just hear them out, go through all of that sort of thing, hear what they have to say, and I'll just be open and honest with them as to as as to what the current situation is. Obviously, nine times out of ten, we don't need it. Um, but as long as they've done their research on me and they're coming to me with something based on my profile or our company specifically that they think they can either obviously it's normally about making you more money, saving you more time. It's normally what lots of software products are about, right? Um, as long as they, they, they can attach something to us specifically, I'm, I'm happy to listen. I'm happy to listen. If it's a spray and pray, I'm just like, yeah, nah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can hear that. I think also people have got a real opportunity if someone picks up picks up the phone. Um, you talked about data earlier, I think, with the right tool, um, like Casper. Um, but, if, you know, with the right tool, you actually can really cut through the noise. I mean, I get, you know, 10 to 15 messages a day across LinkedIn and email. My phone just doesn't ring. And I know my number is out there. Um, so it is just about, I think, the people that are willing to set themselves apart from the rest and actually put in that that extra effort. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Literally, the, the research—the research is the biggest thing. Yeah, like just make you, you don't need an abundance. You don't need to know my life story. You certainly don't need to go on my Facebook. I've had people do that before as well. But <laughs> but um, but you know, you just need something to attach as to as to why you're calling me or my company. Like, I think I think that's it. That's it. And just show that you know us. Yeah. Show that you know us, and I'm not just a, a, a another number on your on your list for today. Yeah. Well, do your research and don't contact Lewis on Facebook. I think that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, but thank you so much. There's been so many nuggets that I've, I've scribbled down on here. Um, and I know that you're sort of right at the forefront of this industry. You've done an amazing job building a community. So I'm sure everyone who's part of that um, is very grateful. So if anyone wants to reach out or join the community or um, what do you, how, how, how should people get in touch with you? Yeah, awesome. Obviously, connect with me on LinkedIn. Feel free, Lewis Gadsden. My last name is quite awkward to spell, but you should be able to find me. Um, and also, if you want to sign up to the SDRs of London community, there is a link on the SDRs of London LinkedIn page. You can either be a mailing list member where you still get invited to the in-person events, you get a monthly newsletter, you get some of the benefits, or alternatively, you can be a core member, which means you go in the WhatsApp thread and have about 300 other SDRs opinions, views at your fingertips and you can ask questions and pretty much get it back in real time. 